From the Aleuts at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good one because it was a great day out at 49ers training camp. A great day on day 11 as Trey Lance bounced back, which we knew he probably would after a little bit of a rough day on Sunday, which was seriously being amplified by pretty much anyone that could talk about it, you know, saying he was 4 of 12 and he was really struggling. And we know we tried to give some context here on this show when we were talking about, you know, what how Trey Lance was getting after it. Uh, so it was one of those things where Trey came out swinging, this offense came out swinging, and I see Ronnie's already getting us started with some questions, and we're going to get into those as well. But the one thing I wanted to start with is if you're just now watching the channel for the first time or if you've been watching and you've been trying to decide if you want to subscribe or not, we are 44 subscribers away. We're Kyle check subscribers away from hitting 3,000. If you want to take the opportunity to go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the like, uh, share the video with your friends if you believe this channel deserves it. I'm really thankful for all of the help that we can get. Um, but thank you so much along the way. And so it was one of those days where Trey Lance got out there and he started throwing the ball, and it was early rhythm throws for Trey Lance. Trey Lance looked very comfortable. Trey Lance looked nice in the pocket. Um, and before I start uh, talking to everyone in chat, uh, Trey just looked a lot different than he looked on Sunday. Now, it was a little bit of a different scheme. Uh, so, you know, on Sunday, they were really working on the blitzes coming from the defense. Today, it was a little bit more of a mixture. We got more of move the ball sessions from this offense. So Kyle was kind of being able to fill around, call the plays that he wanted to go to, and, and then get into it. So what's up, Ronnie, Donald? Traffic, uh, 49er Chanel, Brad Jones. I uh, hope you guys are all having a good day. Um, it, it's been a great day for me so far, and I'm looking forward to getting more into the 49ers. And if, if you're out there and you haven't yet checked in in chat, go ahead and leave a comment in chat. Just let everyone know, everyone know how you're doing. Um, and I'll go ahead and shout you out and say what's up to you because there's a lot of people that are, uh, you know, that are watching. Uh, so with the question that Ronnie had, because we'll get into Ronnie's question here. I don't want to miss it. Um, Ronnie says, how is Jordan Mills looking? Uh, Jordan Mills is looking, you know, pretty good. I think Jordan Mills is, you know, one of those backup tackles for sure. I don't know what his chances are of making the 53-man roster. I think it's going to be a little bit difficult. I think he's more of a player that they brought in as a depth piece because Jalen Moore was injured. Now, they were looking at him early on, making sure that, you know, if they had something happen, they could bring him in. But I think they feel pretty comfortable with their tackle position because... You got guys like Colton McKivitz that are playing really well. Uh, Colton McKivitz has had himself a really good training camp. You throw in the fact that as of right now, Daniel Brunskill is the backup center. If Daniel Brunskill is the backup center, he's also a backup at tackle and guard, which means with him and Colton McKivitz, you have two guys with tremendous versatility, maybe meaning there's only one spot left. And if Jalen Moore is healthy, it could be him with position versatility as well. So this 49ers offensive line is pretty much stacked. And now that you've had Spencer Burford step up and become the right guard potential starter, it appears that people like Jordan Mills are going to have a really difficult time making this team. 
And in fact, players like Nick Zakel, uh, Jason Poe, and uh, Donovan West are going to have a hard time making this team. This roster is stacked, and because some of these young guys have stepped up, it's made it even more difficult. Uh, Brad says, how about the most DAA report by Rappaport on Sunday? The dude has no idea about the forehead. Duh, report. Uh, I read it as DAAA for fun, uh, but you get it, Brad. Uh, yeah, I think that one of those things is the reports that are coming out from the national media right now these guys do not understand the makeup of the team. They don't understand what is, you know, how this team has been built and also, you know, who these players are. But when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, they often just say matter of fact things. Of course, if the 49ers don't trade Jimmy Garoppolo before August 30th, they'll probably go ahead and release him. It's one of those things that everyone knows is you don't have to state it because everyone understands that you can't have Jimmy Garoppolo on your roster going into the season or it wouldn't be beneficial to you because then you have to use a roster spot for a third quarterback, which we know the 49ers don't want to do. They want to have Trey Lance, Nate Sudfeld on their 53 man roster. They want to put Brock Purdy on the practice squad. That's how they want to roll with this season. And having Jimmy Garoppolo as a potential, you know, 53 man roster spot, uh, I just don't think that makes a lot of sense. Number one, you have to start paying him. And even if you move on from him after the season starts, you pay a prorated salary. So it's going to start eating up some of that money you would have available if you moved him before those uh, cuts on August 30th. So I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo ends up being on the roster post August 30th. It can happen, um, but I'm going to stick to the fact that I think they make a move you know, before that. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo was on the backfield. We couldn't see him, but there was some video that came out of Jimmy Garoppolo throwing on the backfield. He looks pretty good. He looks comfortable. So Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely healthy. So any teams that are willing to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the 49ers are just trying to cultivate a trade market and with some sort of a battle so they can get draft capital that they want. Because right now, it seems like most teams are just waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo to become available. And then they're going to go ahead and, and swoop him if, if, you know, if nobody makes that trade. So the four years have to convince somebody, and there only has to be one team that has to jump at it, but they have to convince somebody that they need to make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo and they can't possibly wait for him to get released because then they could potentially lose out on him. Um, Brad Jones says, I know Kyle said the offense is going to play in games one and two. Did he mention the plan for defense? Um, not from my understanding. I did get to see some of the defensive uh, players today. They were giving an idea of how you know their their uh, teams were going to look. You know what first team and second team and third team were going to look when these units get out there against Green Bay. And it was, seemed like it was a little bit of a mashup. Of course, you've got Emmanuel Mosley that's been dealing with a hamstring issue, so you have different. Um, different corners out there right now. Kadar Holman was with the first team today. I, I It wasn't Jimmy Ward. It wasn't Talano Hufanga. They were rolling with Tarverius Moore and George Odom at the safety position. So they are really moving guys all around. So I don't know exactly what this defense is going to look like, but I would be surprised if we saw too much of Nick Bosa uh, or, you know, you won't see any Eric Armstead, even though he was back working on a side field today. So I think they're going to keep it real limited. I bet we don't see very much Kinlaw. We don't see, um, you know, very much of these guys. Fred Warner will probably play a series. I wouldn't play him more than that. There's just no need. And we've seen Flanagan Fowles start to move to the interior and take some Mike reps. And I think that's because they understand he's going to have to play some Mike in this preseason. Uh, what's up, Marvin? What's up, P. Murr? What's up, Golden Dragon? Welcome to chat. 
Um, it's it's one of those things where Golden Dragon says, I vote for Jimmy Garoppolo staying with the four years and paying his prorated salary if they can't trade him. A lot of people would love to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. Now, it makes sense football-wise because you want to put together the best 53-man roster you possibly can. The problem with it is you're going to end up you know, having to pay that salary, which could hurt your team in the long run and potentially cost you the opportunity to bring back some free agents such as Emmanuel Mosley, Aziz Alshire, Dre Greenlaw, or Mike McGlinchey during the offseason. That's not what you want. So you need to go ahead and move on from them and make something happen out of it. But I see Brad says, so game one and three offense not playing in game two. Yeah. Um, the reason they're probably not playing in game two as well, Brad, is because they're going to have those joint practices with Minnesota before that. So they're going to get a lot of work in those situations. They're not going to have to worry about, you know, that game. Uh, that game is probably going to be very hard to watch between Minnesota and, and the 49ers. They're going to get all that work during the week. I don't think they're really going to want to play a lot of their players in that game. So you're going to see a lot of backups. You're going to see a lot of situations from Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy to go, um, you know, spin the ball a little bit. And then we'll see how some of the back in players end up looking. So that's going to be an interesting one. Traffic says outside of Trey Lance, who have you been most impressed with and who have you been most nervous about so far in camp? Um, I've been really impressed with a few players. I think number one, Darquez Zanard has impressed me. He just looks really comfortable at the nickel corner spot. And he really hasn't had any, any problems at all. He's been real smooth. They haven't tested him a whole lot. And when they have, he's made some plays. Occasionally he gets beat just like everyone else. But I thought he's had a really good training camp. And I think that really Colton McKivitz has had one of those really good training camps. Now today, and that's what P. Murr is talking about. Did anyone surprise you today? I don't know if it's a surprise, but Jeff Wilson Jr. had himself a day. There was a couple really nice runs from Jeff Wilson Jr. There's one where he's running right. He sees the hole. He puts his foot in the ground. He breaks to the left. He gets to the second level. There's somebody there. He jump cuts to the right, accelerates, and then makes another move again and starts breaking across the uh, the middle on a run. It was a long run from Jeff Wilson Jr., but the vision and the violence he was running and cutting with was something fantastic. It definitely means his knee is healthy. He's moving at full speed again, and you can see the vision and physical athletic ability uh, combined together. It, it looked really good, and it's no surprise that from the you know, the depth chart that came out. And of course, you got to take it somewhat with a grain of salt. But he was listed as running back too. And from the reps wise, since he's gotten back from his injuries, that's what I've seen as well. So I thought that was a really good one. I was excited about that. And what's up, Jay Ellie? Welcome to chat. Michael as well. Um, so, I mean, those guys have been standing out. But there's been a lot of standout players from the 49ers. Because guys like Ray Ray McLeod have come on over the last, you know, four or five days of practice. He looks fantastic. He's been making plays all over the field and getting open pretty consistently. Brandon Ayuk, of course, has had the best camp of any player on the 49ers, not named Nick Bosa, because anytime Nick Bosa's out there, he's wreaking havoc. And that's kind of what you've seen so far from Brandon Ayuk. So those things have been really, really nice. And there's a lot of things that happened so far. And with Trey Lance in this offense, and the reason I kind of slowed it down is because I want to make sure I get this out right. Because Trey Lance today looked very comfortable in the pocket. Um, the offensive line gave him a pretty significant amount of time. He was able to locate his receivers. There were throws on rhythm to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, George Kittle. These are rhythm throws to where when his foot hit the back 
uh, or when if when when it hit his back foot, the bulk was going forward and he was getting rid of that football. And then there were also ones he moved, went off schedule, got outside the pocket, was able to whip it down the field. There was just a really good uh, flow to what Trey Lance was doing, what this offense was doing. And it was coinciding with a great run game because the offensive line was opening holes. And these running backs, I mean, uh, not just Jeff Wilson Jr., um, but Trey Sermon had a couple nice runs. And um, Jordan Mason had a, you know, a, a, a couple nice runs. So it was a really group effort on this offense, all the way from offensive line to quarterback, running back, and receivers. They were having themselves a really good day, and I, I really enjoyed it. Hugh Wilkins says, if I was a team targeting Jimmy, I would want to trade him for or trade for him and get him now to learn the system. It seems risky to wait till August 30th to try to sign him. That's too much time lost. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you would think so, Hugh. I mean, that would make the most sense to go ahead and get Jimmy Garoppolo now. You also uh, make sure that you get him because if he does get released and is on the open market, how do you know that your team is going to be able to secure the services of Jimmy Garoppolo? You don't because they say you're Atlanta and you decide, or the New York Giants because of uh, Danny Dimes, and you decide that, you know what, we need Jimmy Garoppolo in here, but Seattle's willing to pay him three or four more million dollars a year, and Jimmy feels more comfortable there. You might lose out, you know, and you might really be struggling and have you know, Daniel Jones be your starting quarterback for the entire year. So you do run a risk if you're one of these teams of not getting Jimmy Garoppolo if you allow him to hit the open market. If you deal with the 49ers and you work out a trade, you secure Jimmy Garoppolo and you make sure that you hold on to him. And I think that's what John Lynch has got to portray to all these, all these teams. But these teams have to be willing to make a move. And so far, they're all just sitting on their hands. They're waiting. They're looking to see what's going to happen with Jimmy. And, and right now, there's no movement the only good news is he looks good. He looks comfortable. And we'll see what happens once uh, it gets closer to August 30th and they're ready to move him. Or if one of these teams, heaven forbid, suffer an injury at the quarterback position, they lose one of their starting quarterbacks. If it's a playoff contending team, you know, they might be interested. It was just last week, or maybe it was earlier this week, where there was conversations about the fact that if Matthew Stafford wasn't able to go, that the Rams would would be very interested in signing Jimmy Garoppolo to be their starting quarterback. So that's the kind of things that can happen. You have to be uh, you have to be a little leery of it. And I'm sure that's what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are leery of. That they're going to release Jimmy Garoppolo and it's going to come back in some way, you know, to kind of haunt them. And so they're trying to be precautious, make the right moves, and ultimately get Jimmy to where he's in a good situation and it feels good for them. But that's never easy. And what's up, Freddie McDre? Welcome to chat. Hope you're having a good day. But at training camp, there was just so much going on. And I was I was kind of live tweeting as things were going on. And so I, I didn't want to miss any of these. So I brought up the, you know, the four yards cutback Twitter. Um, so I could kind of make sure that I didn't miss any. And you know, of course, we saw everyone get really excited about one-on-ones. I just put their fun competition because I don't read as much into one-on-ones as a lot of people do. I think they do show some things. You show how your technique is looking, how you deal with certain players uh, with different skill sets. But really, when it comes down to it, you're just wanting, especially with like offensive line, for instance, for them to play together in a certain set. Uh, so I take more out of 11 on 11s than one on ones. But uh, one thing that we saw today was the RPO. Trey Lance connecting with Brandon Ayuk after an RPO and a nice gain. And it was fantastic. They, they brought the read option in. And then this time they ran a uh, RPO. And he runs the fake with the running back. The linebacker completely bites and moves off his spot. And Brandon Ayuk just finds that void. Trey whips the ball to him. It's a nice play. And that's one thing I'm excited about is seeing how much the 49ers are able to use RPO this time. 
Uh, because if they're able to use RPO, that's definitely going to help this offense because Trey Lance is definitely equipped to run it. He's equipped to run the read option, which Trey Lance ran a 65-yard touchdown out of the read option. Now, could he have been caught by Talanu Ufanga? Possibly. Uh, when you don't have pads, you don't know for sure. All I do know is he was hustling up the sideline, and it was going to be difficult for Talano Hufanga to catch him with the angle that he had. So it was either a really big gain for like 40 yards or it was a touchdown for 65. Either way, the read option was working, and it was working to perfection. But off of that comes an opportunity to run an RPO. So as you got the same action as you do with the read option, except this time you change your read. Instead of reading you know, the edge rusher on the end of the ball, you're reading the linebacker or safety, depending on who's in that zone. And if they move, you go ahead and you whip the ball to the to the receiver. Now it's a run play called for everyone else. So the linemen are all blocking like it's a run. You know, the running back is even looking to carry the ball. It's Trey Lancis making the read because a defender committed to stop the run, and you now have a void in the defense to get the ball to the receiver. So that is something that's going to be nice coming off what they already do with the read option. And it was very evident today that Trey Lance is going to be running the read option, and he's not going to be afraid to use his legs to go ahead and make plays for this 49ers offense. Uh, Freddie McDray says, is Spencer Burford the answer to the right guard? Right now, it appears so. I had a little bit of worries about Spencer Burford on Wednesday and Thursday of the first week. He was definitely, uh, it looked like he was, you know, a little bit over his head. But slowly, he started to come to into his own, and now he's starting to play really well. And that was why a few days ago, I came on the show and I said, you know what? For the first time, I believe that potentially... Daniel Brunskill might not start. And it was hard for me to kind of come to grips with because I felt the way that this line had been built during the offseason that Daniel Brunskill was either going to start at center or at guard. But he's not. Daniel Brunskill right now is the backup center. He hasn't got any reps at guard, which he doesn't really need. The problem is Spencer Burford's been playing at a very high level. Uh, so I think... I think right now Burford's the answer. We'll see what happens during the preseason. If maybe Burford starts to falter, they could turn back to Daniel Brunskill. But right now, the Brendel-Brunskill battle is not over. Those two are going to be competing all through preseason to see who ends up starting at center. But right now, Brendel is slightly in the lead. But I think it's really too close to call right now. Freddie McDray says, is Trey Sermon a better option for RPO? I think they're all an option for RPO. Uh, because each one of these guys can run in this system and run out of the shotgun the way the Kyle Shanahan wants to run it. And the fact is, you have to worry about an Elijah Mitchell, uh, especially Elijah Mitchell, because of the way he runs and the speed at which he runs with. If you don't read it, you know, if you if you come down the line of scrimmage towards Elijah Mitchell as an edge rusher, you're going to give a ver a, a free lane for Trey Lance to be able to whip that ball around and. And, you know, the threat of the run is what's going to influence the linebacker and edge rusher and how they respond. And if that linebacker has to come help you with the run, then he's going to move off that spot and, and create that void to be able to get that ball out. So I think the threat of Elijah Mitchell is probably the most important of the guys running the RPO, but really any of these running backs can do it. And as long as they show consistency in the run game, being able to, you know, run the ball, uh, not only in the read option, but in all aspects of the game, that's what's going to influence these linebackers to want to jump and help in the run game, which they have to do because if they hesitate for a second, the run game gets going. So RPO will end up helping the run game while the run game helps the RPO. It works together. It's very nice when you can have all these options in your offense. So I'm definitely excited about that grouping and what Trey Lance is going to do for this offense. 
He doesn't even have to run the ball, even though he had a very successful game today running. He doesn't have to do that. He can just continue to, uh, you know, influences people's thoughts with the fact that he has, he can run. You know, he he's kind of scary that way. Uh, traffic says between Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Trey Lance, RPO, and then run game. Fortnite's put out every year our third down and short game going to be dangerous. It is going to be dangerous. And we saw a little read option from Trey Lance and Debo Samuel today. Debo motioned in the backfield. They ran some read option. That was devastating. That was on a third and short, and Trey Lance ended up getting a first down. It was just on Saturday that we saw TDP converting first downs for the 49ers' first team offense. I think he's going to have a role in that as well. So they have a lot of weapons that they can use, and of course a lot of really good run blockers that are going to help this run game get going. So I think third and short and converting on those are important. And it's even more important for the 49ers to get to third and short situations. Make sure it's third and under five. You can put Trey Lance in situations where it's third and four or under. I think he has a really good opportunity to convert because he can create with his legs. He can extend. But also that means the 49ers can run the football if they want to. That leaves the entire playbook open, making it more difficult for defenses to kind of narrow down what Kyle Shanahan might call, depending on his personnel and uh, and setting and which he's going to line up in his formation. So there's a lot of things that you can kind of do when you get into a third and short that you can't do if you have a third and five plus. It makes it a little bit more difficult. Howard Blake's info on Leon O'Neal Jr. Um, I, I don't know if you're referring to the fact he got a little nicked up today. So Leon O'Neal Jr. was going through uh, linebacker, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, DB drills. They were just working on their everyday drills or EDDs. They were working on a back pedal, and then they would play them with the 45 run up. It's a W drill, and they were just working on this and just and getting used to that. And he came up a little bit lame and started grabbing his hamstring. Uh, he tried to stretch it out. He ended up you know, continuing to try to work on it, did a little bit of running around Emmanuel Mosley as Mosley was continuing his rehabilitation from uh, his leg injury. And just didn't really see Leon O'Neal get back in there. So uh, I'm worried about Leon O'Neal. And if that hamstring is, you know, something, you know, serious, he's not going to be playing on Friday potentially. And who knows what that means for the rest of the season. Uh, so that was a little bit, you know, that was a little bit heartbreaking because I wanted to see him be able to go out there and play against the Green Bay Packers. As far as his play on the field, uh, he's had moments. Um, he he said he's a hybrid safety that's going to be you know pass rushing and i thought to myself right away oh you're jamal adams a defensive end uh but leon o'neill does do a good job rushing the passer in blitz situations but it's unfortunate that he got hurt he's having himself a pretty good camp even though i do believe he's a sixth safety on this roster because i think taylor hawkins has outplayed him so far in training camp david campbell says burford's presser was good dude is a full-grown man i like burford you know and i, I like the attitude of a lot of these guys and what's up david welcome to chat I like a lot of these guys' attitudes. This offensive line really just wants to get after it. You know, they want to play really hard. And I think Spencer Burford's one of those guys that the 49ers are very excited they got because he's going to be able to continue, you know, to make plays for this team. Uh, he doesn't act like a rookie on the field. He gets out there and, and just really, really plays hard. And I don't know if I got to say, but what's up, Demonic Angel? I hope you're having a good one as well. I saw that you said you jumped in late, um, but welcome. Uh, and so there's a lot of things that go into Burford. Number one, Burford, they had to figure out, he had the physical tools, but they had to figure out if he was going to be able to handle, you know, playing that role right away in this offense and learning his role. It's not easy jumping in as a rookie and being able to play in Kyle Shanahan's offense, but Spencer Burford has taken it in stride. He's taking his lumps. 
he's improved every single day. And that's what is the most important thing. When you get out there, you know, look better than you did the next day. And if you saw Spencer Burford on day one of training camp, and then you saw him on day 11 of training camp, you would think that this was a completely different player because even though he's the same size, the same speed, all of that, he's playing with a lot more confidence, with a lot more understanding, and he's moving a lot faster because he's not thinking anymore because he already knows what he's supposed to do. When you know your responsibilities and where you're supposed to be and do and how to work with the player next to you, um, then it takes the thinking out of the game, and that's what you want to do. You want to be able to play fast and, and, and play without thinking. And when these guys really understand that, they're going to be able to do that. So um, I'm excited about Spencer Burford, and I think he's he's got a shot to start. And I did not think that coming into training camp. I had kind of teased it uh, maybe like a couple months ago, but I had talked myself out of it. And then Burford is talking us all into it because, dang, he's getting after it. Uh, so, yeah, definitely excited about that. And what's up, Ernest? I hope you're having a good one as well. Um, Ernest says, thoughts on Seattle this year? I feel like their anti-49ers doom button may have gone it's going to be really really tough uh for the seattle seahawks to beat the 49ers especially you know with geno smith potentially being the starting quarterback that's gonna be tough because this this 49ers defensive line is no joke trey lance is a tremendous athlete he's able to uh move up in the pocket move out of the pocket he's on the on the run a lot i feel bad for a geno smith if he's playing quarterback against this defense this defense is stout, and it's all three levels of defense. They got a really good defense from line to linebackers to secondary. It's going to be tough on anyone, and, you know, they're definitely rebuilding. I do like Seattle's draft that they just had, you know, getting Boy Mafia. I think they got some real, you know, real good players. Uh, Tyrone Smith from Ohio State, the edge or the pass rusher, or, yeah, edge rusher. Um, they, they got Kobe Bryant. I thought that was a good pick as well, the corner. Uh, they're really going back to that cover three scheme. So I think Seattle will be more be more formidable coming soon. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm a little worried about it. So we'll we'll see. If, um, I'm worried about it for them and and how they're going to be able to handle it. Uh, and what's up, Ron Roca? Thanks for uh, for joining the Cutback Crew. Really appreciate that. Um, see if I see if I missed any here. I was jumping up, uh, and then. Uh, Freddie says, is Leon a potential linebacker convert? Um, I don't think so right now. And the real reason I don't believe he's a linebacker convert is because they already have two safety linebacker converts that are playing linebacker right now. Uh, that is, of course, um, uh, Saguna Luby and Marcelino McCrary Ball. And both of those guys are bigger than O'Neal, and they're already learning the linebacker position. And right now, Alubi is a, is doing really well in the run fits. And I think McCrary Ball is a little bit better in pass coverage, but they're both working on the other aspects of the game. McCrary Ball's had an interception. Alubi's had an interception. These guys have continued to play better and better and better. So I think that both of these guys could make an impact for the 49ers in, say, 2023. And that's something similar to what you saw from Aziz Alshire, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, was guys that they redshirted and ended up developing over time. So those things could still happen. I don't know if Leon O'Neill is one of those guys. Uh, Leon O'Neill is a fun athlete. He's a good player. He's a nice guy. He's good to everyone out at camp. Uh, when you see it, there's a little bit of you know a struggle when he has to flip his hips and run. And that's been my biggest thing about him the entire time since the entire draft process. And I see it every day when I see him out there playing. 
but I think he's a good player who's working really hard. And at some point, he may be good enough to make this roster. I don't think that's this year. Uh, if he made it to the practice squad, it would definitely be beneficial to him. Maybe he can make an impact in the future. But it's going to be tough sledding because the safety room is really good. They have four really good safeties right now. And then Taylor Hawkins, who's definitely been playing uh, playing well. Uh, and Freddie Mac Dre says, Ant, you're killing it with the info. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, Freddie, I've been, I've been out there studying, working my butt off, uh, and I've really been enjoying it because uh, training camp has been a lot of fun. There's a lot of really nice people out there. Everyone's just having a good time enjoying 49ers. So uh, it, it's it's been fun. And there's a lot of things you know that you can learn from being out there overall, just go watching them go through their practice structure and all that. Um, it, it's, it's fun to watch. These coaches are good. Kyle Shanahan has put together a nice camp. I think he can be excited about how much better these players got in camp. And really, that's the overall goal. So Freddie McDre says, is Nick making the 53-man roster? Um, let me see. Who is Nick? I'm trying to think of who Nick is. Um, we're going by first names here. So, Freddie, throw that in there, because for whatever reason, Nick is not registering to me about making the, the roster. So just let me know who Nick is. For whatever reason, my brain is not calculating who that is. Freddie, a uh, great one says, I've just moved on since drafting Trey, but that's two monster quarterbacks that we, we let slide. Not good drafting there. Um, you know what? That's the thing is right now, right? I'm not really concerned about who these other quarterbacks could have been that they've missed out on, but I am excited about Trey Lance. I've seen some good things from him. I've seen a lot of impressive things, you know, in his development. So from last year to this year, last year, he looked like a rookie this year. He definitely looks farther along, which I absolutely love. Mr. Corey says, Javon Kinlaw might prove me wrong. I think so. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be an absolute beast. That guy moves around uh, at, at a really quick pace for his size, and he is so strong. So we can all hope that Javon Kinlaw has the season that we all want him to have. He's definitely got the potential, the physical traits, the ability to have you know be a pro bowler and all pro in this league. But he's got to go out there and stay healthy. And if he does, I think he's going to have himself a really good year. He's got a lot of motivation for it. And he put in a lot of work because the guy's body is is on point. I mean, the dude is just muscles on muscles on muscles. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's going to make an impact for this team. Just, you know, how much uh, is going to depend on, uh, you know, what happens. And Donald says, Freddie McDre and is a 49ers encyclopedia. John Madden and Pat Sumrall in 49ers chat is all in one. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that, Donald. Really, I do. Um, yeah. Uh, Ernest says Stafford's injury is something to keep an eye on. It is. Now, he did come back, uh, I think, later on this week and had himself a couple of good days of practice. And I know uh, that McVay said he felt a little bit more comfortable about it. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Keep an eye on Stafford's injury. I think they would definitely be all in on Jimmy Garoppolo. And why wouldn't Jimmy Garoppolo be interested to go there? McVay's system is very similar. Uh, he'd have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. So the 49ers definitely got to monitor that because you don't want him to end up in Los Angeles with the Rams. I mean, do I think you can beat the Rams with a Jimmy Garoppolo-led team? Yeah, but it just makes it more difficult. Uh, let's not make it more difficult. Let's make it so they have to figure something else out other than just go ahead and cherry-picking a, a you know low-hanging fruit like Jimmy Garoppolo who's available for them to grab. We don't want that. Mr. Corey says, you damn well he's talking about Nick Zakel and... And no, he ain't making the team. Oh, okay, it was Nick Zakel. My fault. I actually did not think of that. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Corey, for clearing that up. Uh, for whatever reason, that was escaping me. And, and Freddie McDray clarified as well, Nick Zakel. Um, well done there. And and thank you, Freddie, for the, the 199 Super Chat saying Nick Zakel. I think it's going to be hard for Nick Zakel to make this roster. 
I think it all depends on if they decide to keep nine offensive linemen. A lot of people have been very high on Jason Poe. I think Jason Poe and Nick Zakel are very close in their overall ranking and how they're playing so far. Uh, I think that it's going to come down to that. Now, if they keep eight offensive linemen, I don't believe Nick Zakel will make this 53-man roster, and he'll end up on the practice squad. If they keep nine offensive linemen, I do think Nick Zakel will be the ninth guy. But I, I, it's definitely not a guarantee that he's going to make this team because he struggled you know, to be able to, you know, put out the same production as the other guys. I mean, it's not easy going against this 49ers defense at all. But we've seen a guy like Spencer Burford be able to do it. So uh, it's definitely one of those things where Zakel still has time to develop. He's got, you know, a lot of time. In fact, he's got all these preseason games, all these practices. So we'll see. Um, and then uh, Golden Dragon says, what does six-round pick cornerback Tariq Castro Fields have to do to make this 53-man roster a lot. I mean, that's what's unfortunate. This secondary is absolutely stacked, and he's at the back of it when it comes to the cornerback position. I mean, he's just on the outside, and it's nothing against him. It's just this is a very talented group. I think Tariq Castro Fields' best chance of being on the 49ers is to be on the practice squad in case something happens, and even then I think that's going to be difficult because you're going to have guys like Dante Johnson who could be on the practice squad or a Diomenor Lenore uh, somebody like that, we'll see. Uh, Lenore will probably make the roster now that you have more than likely Jason Brett ending up on the pup list. Uh, but I just don't think a, like uh, Tariq Castro Fields is going to be able to make this roster. That's tough, but uh, yeah, that's that's going to be real tough. And uh, Gray one was talking about Watson and Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, right? Are you as far as skills wise? Yeah, Watson in that first draft. Um, we know that Kyle Shanahan was passing on quarterback because he wanted to go ahead and wait for Kirk Cousins. Um, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo ends up coming in trade and everything else is history. So it kind of gets thrown for a little bit for a loop. Bernie McDray says Nick future center. He could be, but they still have to develop him. And one thing they started doing was Donovan West actually started taking some reps at center. They've kind of done a little bit of moving people around. They've played Nick Zakel at left guard and right guard. They have yet to play him at center, but it could be something they end up trying to develop him into later. Right now, all the reps have been going to Brendel and Brunskill with a little bit to West, but even then, they're giving more and more to Brunskill and Brendel because they're trying to figure out who's going to be center one, and it hasn't been easy right now. Uh, it, it's been difficult. They're playing so close. You have moments where you're like, oh, ooh, ooh, Brendel, Brendel did it, and then you're like, wait, wait, here comes Brunskill. Uh, so there's a nice competition going there, and I think both of them are going to get better. Great one says, I don't understand why we won't just sign Treader. Yeah, it's one of those things I don't understand. You know, and I don't know what his medical is, and I know he hasn't missed any games. So uh, I, I understand that completely. He has not missed any football games, and yet they still won't sign him. He's an Iron Man. It could be something to do with him. Maybe he doesn't want to come into training camp. You know, maybe he wants guaranteed money. Maybe he wants too much money. But the 49ers aren't willing to go ahead and sign him because they have, you know, just under $4 million left of cap space after the Debo Samuel contract extension. So I don't know. I, I just don't think they're going to bring in Treader. I think they want to play one of these. You know, guys, Brendel or Brunskill, and it looks like that's what they're going to do. Mr. Corey says, Poe and Zakel are not close right now. Poe is listed as second team guard, and Zakel is third team. Yeah, second and third team could be separated by how much, Mr. Corey. I've been there watching them. Trust me, it's not that much different between the two of them. Both of them have good reps. Both of them have bad reps. Uh, both of them play left guard. Both of them play right guard. Trust me, that depth chart is going to change as we continue to go through the offseason that depth chart is not set in stone, and those players are not guaranteed in those spots. I used to tell my players all the time, 
All these are written in pencil. I can easily turn it around and erase your name and move you down the list because it all comes down to what are you going to do the next day? And the thing is, Nick Zakel could step up tomorrow and play better. It, you don't know when it's going to click for these guys. But trust me, those two guys are closer than a second and third team on the depth chart might uh, initially tell you about them. Uh, Freddie Mac Dre says, Womack making the 53. Yeah, I think Womack's going to make the 53. I think right now Womack's the number two nickel guy. I, he's going to play behind Darquez Denard, and they'll have to make some decisions once uh, Jason Verrett comes back. But until then, I think Womack is going to be on this roster, and he's he's looked pretty good. And every day, he seems like he just gets a little bit better and a little bit better. So uh, I'm excited about it. And 40 yards Fogies, what's up, Gary? So he just left the dentist. Wow, that's a that's a stinky day. That's a lot of, a lot worse than what I was doing, Gary. I was over at the 40 yards training camp enjoying it. Uh, David Monty says, Ant, keep it up. Great job. Thank you so much, David. I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, Freddie McDre says, okay, Wes still in the mix. Um, I don't think so. I don't think uh, Wes is going to make this team. I He is the third string, uh, third string center behind Daniel Brunskill and Jake Brendel. Um, and even though I've seen improvement, and that's the thing, Poe, West, uh, Zakel, they've all improved. They've all gotten better. The problem is all the guys in front of them have gotten better too. Aaron Banks has gotten better with every single rep. Um, Jake Brendel's gotten better with every rep. Spencer Burford's gotten better. This offensive line continues to gel, and you can see those first-team guys really get comfortable playing with each other. So it's going to be difficult to unseat one of those guys. Is it possible? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, great one says, Kadar Holman, the cornerback, has been getting good reports from minicamp. I've been watching Kadar Holman, and you know what? Kadar Holman has had some good reps. They're definitely working him in, and I think that he's one of those guys that it's he's going to get kind of left off this 53-man roster for the mere fact of where he sits on the depth chart because of who he's behind. I mean, right now, Charverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, and we know Mosley's got a little bit of an injury, but uh, it looks like he's going to be back. I watched him work out extensively today, and he's running pretty hard still. You have those two guys. And then on the outside, you have Omri Thomas, Yamaner, Lenore. If you're keeping those four on the outside, that's not a spot for Kadar Holman because on the inside, you want to keep Samuel Womack and Darquez Denard, who both have the potential to play inside and outside. That's not even including Dante Johnson, who you could definitely keep on this team, who has a position versatility to play outside, inside, outside, not as much uh, that you feel comfortable with, but outside, inside, and then also at the safety position. So, it is crazy. Uh, Mr. Corey says, it's just not the depth chart. It's the players and the reports raving about Poe and not a word about Zakel. Are, are you, so you want to believe all the reports? Does Poe look good? Yeah, he does. But the people that are raving about him, uh, you got to remember that they're seeing him in one-on-ones win. They're seeing him in some of the you know 11-on-11s do pretty good. I'm also watching him get beat at times. Now, I'm not going to come here and, and harp on him, but what I'm saying is, I've seen a steady improvement from all of them. Is Nick Zakel the sexy name? No. Uh, Poe is the sexy name. Everyone wants to see him do well. He's a 4A guy who can move around. Everyone's been excited about him since they first signed him. Do I think Poe has looked good? And has Poe moved up the depth chart? He has. I've been happy about him. But uh, some of the reports are a little bit overblown when it comes to Poe and how good he is. I've seen someone even talking about the potential of him starting there's absolutely no chance he starts over Burford. There's no chance he starts over Banks. He's definitely a backup. Um, and even when it comes down to it, I don't think they will keep him because having Colton McKivitz, Daniel Brunskill, uh, and Jalen Moore would be more important. I think Poe could be on the outside looking in just as much as Zakel. 
But do I think Poe's been an improvement? Yes. Would I love to see Poe on the practice squad? Absolutely. I think he's a good player and fun. And he's, you know, dispelled a lot of the, the problems that we thought he was going to have as far as length. So I really do like him. Um, so I think Poe could make an impact on this team at some point. I'm just not sure it's going to be 2022. Um, let's see. Uh, Gary says, do you think Wes will make the practice squad? Yeah, I think so. I think they would like to keep a center on the practice squad. Wes would make a lot of sense for them to keep there. You know, I think they could keep three offensive linemen from the guys that I've seen so far. You know, keeping a West Poe, and Zakel, the young guys, might be a smart move for the 49ers. They have a lot of ability as well. So that might be a, a way to go. Um, if one of them happened to squeeze onto this, you know, starting 53, then you can maybe see them do something else. But I'm not even sure there's going to be a space for Justin Skule. Justin Skule has been battling and he's had his up days and his bad days. Um, but it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Freddie McDray says, is there more um, to this more hype? Uh, are, are we, which more are we talking about? Are we talking about Tarverius more? Um, or are we talking about Jalen Moore? Because uh, Tarverius Moore has been playing pretty well. Tarverius Moore has definitely, you know, put himself in the ring, put his hat in the ring to go ahead and go against Tauno Ufanga. But Ufanga's looks so good, it's going to be difficult to unseat him. I think more than likely we're working towards with um, Tarverius Moore and Tauno Ufanga is more of a split role between them, using each one of their skill sets the best way they can to help the football team. And I think that's how they go with it. Kind of the way they did with Tart and Hufanga last year. I think that makes the most sense. If we're talking about Jalen Moore, um, there's the hype around him is just him at tackle. I don't even know, I even know if there is that much hype. So you must be talking about Tarverius Moore. Uh, but I do hope that Jalen Moore makes the roster because I still like him and I still think he's ahead of the other guys right now. Gray one says Poe is going to be used as a goal line fullback. I don't think so. I think when they when they put guys in, they're going to want to go with Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle to be those big blockers in the middle and, and maybe even Charlie Warner playing that fullback position. I don't think it's going to be Poe. Um, even though Poe is athletic, you can tell the difference between the three guys I named that are on this team, Warner, Kittle, and Juszczyk as far as athletically and Poe. Poe is an athletic lineman. Those guys are straight athletes. Plus, you have big, big players like TDP, um, and Jordan Mason and Trey Sermon, those guys can definitely carry, you know, somebody into the end zone. So I don't think they need Poe for that situation and role. And really, I don't see that elite skill set, athletic ability that he could go ahead and play fullback before when we were coming out of training camp or before we we're coming out of the draft. That was definitely a conversation I was willing to entertain him playing fullback or tight end. Now seeing him in person, I don't see that athleticism. I think he is a lineman, whether he's an offensive lineman or defensive lineman. I think he's an offensive, but he needs to continue to get better. So. I think that, you know, Poe's a good guy. I like him. I just don't see him playing uh, running back. I mean, maybe, maybe it would happen. Uh, Freddie McDray saying Poe as a fullback would be silly. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen, right, teams do it with, like, you know, Niners did it with Guy McIntyre. The Bears did it with the Fridge. It happens. You put guys in the backfield all the time. Um, you know, guy, they make it happen sometimes, but, yeah. Uh, Mr. Corey says, I'd rather keep Zakel over McGlinchey. Come on, Mr. Corey. I'm not letting you get away with that one. Come on. Uh, Mike McGlinchey's look good when he's got his reps. And he's still one of the best run run blocking tackles in the entire league. He just, I mean, he just knows what he's supposed to do. He has the right angles. Uh, the right angles are so important in the run, in the gap, uh, I'm sorry, the zone scheme. And he's able to do it at a high level. Mike McGlinchey uh, is still a very impactful player for this team. 
and the run game looks good. I mean, there were some big runs today off the right side behind Spencer Burford and Mike McGlinchey. Um, and I know McGlinchey doesn't play a whole lot of reps, so when it's not him, it's Colton McKivitz, but they're getting it done, and you got to be excited about that. So McGlinchey's going to make some plays, and as long as he's able to handle himself in the pass game, whoo, it could be good. And what's up, D-Will? I hope you're having a good one. Welcome to chat. Uh, Freddie Mac says Poe got hands. I mean, there was some video, I think, that came out after draft showing him sort of catch the ball here and there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's got he's an athlete. I mean, he's an athlete. I just don't think he's an elite athlete, a skill player in the NFL. Uh, maybe I end up being wrong, but I just don't see it right now. To see says, how many players do teams normally designate for special teams? What is the breakdown of those by position, i.e. linebacker, wide receiver? Um, really what they're going to do is most of the time you start with uh, position players. Okay, these guys are going to be on our position. You know, these guys are going to be position players that we want to keep. And then the argument starts for special teams. If you have some sort of a battle, it's like, okay, I, I have this guy and this guy. Um, you know, I really want this guy to play linebacker, but this guy's better um, player at safety and you keep well we're keeping a six linebacker we keep enforced uh, safeties that kind of thing goes into it there's not a set number for each position you really don't want to keep specific players for special teams you want your your players that play um, you know that are, are significant to the positions that they play to be able to be on uh, your special teams unit uh, keeping specialized players is never good you hope that you only keep three guys because of special teams you want everyone else to be able to contribute to your team at the positions at which they play so i think they only want those three the long snapper the punter and the kicker um and then you know the, of course they brought in oren burks we know he's going to be a special teams player but he's helping at linebacker as well he's one of the top five linebackers on the team so that that pays dividends for you uh Ray mcleod was brought in to play wide receiver but he's also going to be the starting kick and punt returner. So Rayburn McLeod is a guy that's going to help you in, in his position that he plays, but then also on special teams. And the same with George Odom. Even though Odom is a huge special teams player, he's not just here for special teams. He's also here to be a depth piece on your uh, defense playing safety. So you never want to use up roster spots in those uh, areas. Uh, Tosio says basically how many backups would you designate for special teams or what type of players need to be? You're just looking for the guys who do it best. And they go through a variety of different players every day at practice, trying to see who's the best at, you know, shedding blocks and being able to, you know, be a gunner and get down the field and catch the punt inside the 10, you know, coffin corner stuff. They go through these every single day. And Brian Schneider is taking a look at guys. But when it comes down to it, minus there being an absolute tie between two guys, um, special teams is not going to win out more than likely. They're going to keep the position player that's best. You want to keep the best uh, 53 position players you possibly can. So we'll see how the special teams plays out. But even Kyle Shannon, uh, if I have time, I'll go find that quote and put it out for you at some point uh, to see where Kyle Shannon actually talks about that. It's dangerous to keep players just for special teams that can't actually help your team because you're one or two injuries away from those guys should be in. Um, and now you're hurting because you kept someone just for special teams. You don't want to do that. This, of course, says Treader either wants too much money or doesn't want to do training camp. There's no way Kyle can, be can believe with a straight face that Brendor or Brunskill can be better a choice for Trey. Yeah, I don't know. You know, and that's the thing. Without the phone call, the Treader and us understanding what he wants or where he's at physically, there's just no way. Uh, and the fact that there's no way to know, you can't really comment it on too much. But uh, right now, Kyle Shanahan is rolling with Brendel and Brunskill. And if Treader 
and the 49ers decided that he was the best situation and they could work it out financially and he was healthy, then I think they would do that. Because we, we do know John Lynch often wants to continue to make his fo football team better. And he thought Treader was an answer there. They would definitely do it. Uh, so we'll see. I don't I don't see it happening. I don't foresee that happening. But we'll see. Uh, Marvin Rose is listening to Ant. This team is going to be stacked. So making this team will be tough for some. It will. It really will. Uh, there's a lot of really good football players on this team, and it goes so deep. Uh, it goes so deep. It's it's one of the funnest rosters I've seen in a while. And you know, I went I went to training camp, you know, last year, and you saw that there were areas where the 49ers needed more depth, and they were trying to bring guys in. They're rotating more players through, uh, but really they've stayed primarily healthy this year. Even though they did lose Jordan Matthews for the year, that was that was disappointing. Maurice Hurst that they lost, that was disappointing, but. They've stayed pretty healthy, and they have guys right now that are Nick, but they're going to get through this. So it's a really, really exciting group, and there's so much, uh, so many players that could be helping out a roster around this league. I wonder how many guys end up on the practice squad and how many guys end up with other teams. We might end up playing against some of these guys down the road because there's really talented players. John Lynch, Adam Peters in that front office, they have outdone themselves picking up players for Kyle Shanahan and this coaching staff. And then Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff, I have to give them tremendous credit for taking players and continuing to develop them. Because it was two weeks ago that I showed up at training camp to watch these guys. Some of these guys just, you know, they were struggling. And now here we are, and it's like, these guys are formidable players. We went from Burford's being right guard what? To Burford's right guard. Uh, there's a lot of confidence now with it because we've seen it. Great one says, I've been saying for a while, Tavares Moore is going to win that safety job, breakout year. Um, I don't know if they're going to outright have someone win it, but Tavares Moore is definitely in it. He's been flying around making plays. I think him and Hufong end up splitting time. They end up using both of those guys in a variety of ways, which makes the most sense to me because Tarverius Moore's uh, skill set is tremendously different than Talano Hufonga's skill set. So putting them in situations where uh, it's, it's best for them and best for the team makes the most sense. You know, let Tarverius Moore come in in dime situations and be the safety or let him play the deep third or the deep half. Oh, you want somebody to go be a, a missile around the line of scrimmage? Okay, Talano Hufanga come in. You know, you think it's third and long and you think there might be a screen coming your way. You're going to call a defense to blow that up. Have Talano Hufanga to come in with those great instincts. So I think using those guys in a variety of, of ways makes the most sense for the team. Why, you, why not use them? You know, who cares who the starter is per se? Uh, put guys out there that are going to be making plays for your team. It's not about who starts or who's backup. It's about what you do when you're out there. And they got a couple guys that can definitely do it. Uh, Freddie MacDre says, need to cut Jimmy loose and sign Treader. Maybe a OBJ signing later in the year. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. At the, I don't think they need to bring in a wide receiver. I mean, OBJ is definitely somebody that's been, you know, rumored to go to the 49ers for a long time. But I've been watching this wide receiver room. And Brandon Ayuk is having the best camp that I've seen um, him have and really one of the best camps I've seen a wide receiver have in San Francisco. Debo Samuel's doing Debo Samuel things. He looks more and more comfortable and confident every single day. Ray Ray McLeod is coming on the scene and making a lot of plays. I think he's going to be exciting for everyone. If you haven't watched our video on Ray Ray's role, uh, go watch it because that's exactly what he's doing. We actually hit that one pretty good. Um, and then you've got Juwan Jennings who finally starting to catch the ball from Trey Lance. He's feeling more comfortable, but has continued to get separation and will definitely help the 49ers in the run game. And then Danny Gray, who's got that top end speed to be able to take the top off the defense and do some things. Like he's going to be a little or hit and miss in his production this year, but that's five guys. I don't know if you need an Odell Beckham Jr. 
Um, I know Odell's a good player, but he's going to be coming off an ACL later in the year, and he's going to cost you some money. So um, we'll see. We'll see, Freddie. We'll see if they ultimately get into that. Uh, we'll see if he if he goes there. And we know the Bills are trying to get him as well. Vaughn Miller's going after him. 49ers Fogies. Gary says three special teams, roster spots, kicker, punter, long snapper. I'm with you on that. Marvin says, what is the deal with OBJ? Does he have a suspension? He has to deal with no. There's no. There's no suspension with OBJ. It's all about the ACL. He's recovering. I mean, that's the thing. He was injured in the Super Bowl. He says he played uh, before the Super Bowl with it, so he's still working on it, getting better. So at some point, he's going to be healthy enough to come back. But think about that. Jason Verrett tore his ACL at Week One against Detroit. He's still not back fully. So we'll see how OBJ recovers. He might recover a lot faster than Verrett, considering Verrett has had so many injuries. But we just don't know yet. So at some point, OBJ is going to end up with a team. It'll either be, you know, the Rams or the Bills, it looks like. And uh, I don't know if the 49ers will have a shot. If they have an injury, I'm sure they would go ahead and try to get him because we know Kyle Shanahan's really liked him. And it wasn't that, you know, that long ago that OBJ walked up to John Lynch and said, come get me. So uh, there's definitely something there. Uh, Mr. Corey says, I'll be happy to be wrong about both Tarverius Moore and, and Kinlaw. See, Mr. Corey, I like that because I like being wrong about guys as well. If somebody wants to go out there and prove me wrong, I love it. Uh, go get it. As long as you play well, I'm excited about it. So, uh, yeah, just keep doing that. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Burford is going to be their second best O-lineman behind Trent Williams. He could be. We'll see. I mean, let, let's right now, he's still developing. I would put him right now as fourth or fifth, uh, depending on Brendel Brunskill and, and, and Burford. I think you still got Trent Williams as the best. Mike McGlinchey's second then Aaron Banks, and then the other guys. So uh, there's still guys uh, developing, but I, I think, you know, Burford could eventually develop into that. And if we're talking next year, Burford might, you know, might be the second best offensive lineman, but he's going to have to go through some growing pains this year, and he's definitely not there yet. And I don't want anyone thinking that I think he's Orlando Pace or anything, that he's just going to go out there and be a bona fide Hall of Famer. Uh, he, he looks good. He, he plays the part. He's got the right attitude. But he's got to continue to get better, and he's got to prove it against other players. The good news is he's going to get some of the best defensive linemen in the league right now. So let's see. Uh, D. Wilson's can try to pass the physical. No idea. Absolutely no idea. Uh, at some point, we'll find out because maybe someone will sign him, and if they don't, that could be the reason why, D. Will. Lou says late again. Watson's probably going to be get a year off. Jimmy G probably in play. It could be. The question is, will the will the Browns be willing to make a trade for Jimmy G or just wait it out and hope they can sign him in free agency uh, for a cheaper deal? Because, you know, they have a quarterback at least. I mean, is it the best quarterback? No, but they're not exactly, you know, out there lost. So I, I think that there are teams that want him, though. Jimmy Garoppolo could definitely go somewhere. Um, and, yeah, Roger Goodell wants, wants Watson suspended at least a year. So we will see. We will definitely see. Um... Great one says Roger Goodell is looking for a year suspension for Watson. If that happens, you see the Browns trading Jim, trading for Jimmy. I think if the price was right, they'd be willing to. I don't think they want to just phone this year in. Jacoby Brissett's a fine quarterback, but we know that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Jacoby Brissett. I don't think there's like a you know a big question about that. But it also is the juice worth the squeeze. Are you going to be willing to pay what the 49ers want that 49ers premium? You know, knowing that you need a quarterback at this time. So. Uh, can they work out a deal? We'll see. And if if that definitely happens and Deshaun Watson gets a year suspension, I think the Browns will pick up this phone call. You know, and and we're starting to see some of these teams already. That I mean, we got the Bears having Roquan Smith wanting to get traded. You're wanting Hunt wanting to get traded from uh, the uh, the Browns. There, there's definitely some people that are wanting to move that they're not happy with their situation. So, 
Yeah. Uh, Sean Bowler says the Bills are loaded. They already have wide receivers. Yeah, they do. Uh, the, that was a funny thing was uh, Von Miller was the one reaching out, you know, to um, OBJ telling him to come there. So we know Von Miller played with him last year in, in Los Angeles. So it took me by surprise. I never thought the Bills were really in on him until now. You just never know. You just never know. Uh, Marvin Rose says, what I read from the talking heads, the Browns seem to be a mess. They could be. I mean, it's a little interesting. I feel bad for Kevin Stefanski, you know, the head coach and offensive coordinator for that team because he's trying to figure out what to do without Deshaun Watson. He thought he was going to have Deshaun Watson, this ultimate weapon. He was going to be able to plug and play in his offense. And I think the offense would have looked pretty good, you know, with Chubb and, and, and Hunt and those guys in the backfield and then the receiver threats that he has. Um, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll definitely see um, what ends up being the case there. Um, Golden Dragon says, I don't think Trey wants OBJ here. I don't think, I don't know what Trey wants when it comes to wide receiver. All I know is that, you know, Trey, Trey has been getting the ball, spreading the ball around. That's one thing I could tell everyone. Um, you know, there's been some reports that maybe he doesn't have good chemistry with, with Debo Samuel. He doesn't have good chemistry with Jawan Jennings. I've seen Trey Lance consistently get it to every single receiver. Today, he had good repletions to Brandon Ayuk to Debo Samuel, to George Kittle, to Jawan Jennings, to Ray Ray McLeod. All of them. And there was even some of the backup guys that caught balls from him as well. Kyle Juszczyk, running backs out of the backfield. He's spreading the wealth around. Uh, he had himself a, a really good day, and when he was comfortable in the pocket, he threw well. When he got a little uncomfortable in the pocket, um, you worry about his footwork a little bit. And then when he gets outside the pocket, he can definitely throw off platform, but he's better throwing off platform outside the pocket than inside the pocket. So I think right now, Trey Lance is continuing to develop. But the good news is he's got a lot of chemistry with these wide receivers now. I think he feels comfortable with the timing of where these guys are going to be. And that trust goes a long way. Freddie Mac says, I want to see OBJ with Kyle, Debo, Brandon, and Kittle. How do you stop that? You know, and that was one of the things we talked about last year. Um, we've talked about OBJ for a couple years now. You know, and, and OBJ being in this offense, we know Kyle really wants to have him. If you have his speed... Uh, he's a he's a deep threat, and Kyle would love to scheme up some things for OBJ, all the while knowing that he can run an 18-yard stop comeback route, and you can get the ball on him, and he can make a play, or he can catch an RPO and take it to the house. Those are things that Kyle definitely likes in his offense, but where's OBJ at in his recovery? Don't know. How much money does he want? Don't know. Is he just going to chase another ring? Don't know. Until we know those things, we don't know exactly where OBJ is going to land. I think he wants to ultimately be in Los Angeles. I think that's where he wants to be. It's a big market for him. You know, he can get his uh, commercials and things that he wants to do and market him. And I think that's smart on his part. But we'll see where OBJ ends up landing. I don't know. It could be uh, LA. It could be Buffalo. It could be Dallas from what I've heard. And who knows if the 49ers have some sort of an injury, maybe they go out and they go make a move for him. Um, Golden Dragon says, UDFA wide receiver Tay Martin is developing a ton. Um, un yeah, I mean, the wide receiver room is tough. There's some really good uh, wide receivers in that room. And, you know, we've seen uh, Malik Turner had a, a broken, there was a broken cover today. Uh, Brock Purdy got him the ball. He had to wait on the, the ball from Purdy, but he got it and he took it to the house and he made some moves down the field that were fantastic. Um, we, you know, we definitely saw a couple of guys make plays today um, and I don't want to miss them. So I'm going to go ahead and, and look that up a little bit to make sure that I get these guys uh, on there that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Marcus Johnson had a nice catch today. Um, oh, and then also um, uh, the the new guy, the new wide receiver was making plays today. Uh, uh, oh, I just went blank on his name. 
Why'd I go? Uh, the guy we just got. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I just went blank on his name. Oh, Sneed. Thank you. Woo. Sneed. Sneed was making plays today. Um, so, yeah, this, this team is definitely getting better and better. Um, and that, that wide receiver room is tough. I don't think Tay Martin ends up making the team. I've even thought Austin Mack has looked pretty good. So they've got a lot of talent. Whenever you're you know running routes for Kyle Shanahan, you're putting in the work. We'll see if, if Tay Martin's able to stick on this practice squad. I do think the 49ers keep five wide receivers and then keep a couple of guys on the practice squad. And thank you, Marvin, for coming through with Snead. Um, so maybe, maybe that's a way for him to get on the roster. But there's some very talented guys ahead of him that you know could be uh, one of those guys that makes the team. So um, let's see. Mr. Course is not a Garoppolo fan, but loved his chemistry with Juwan Jennings. Yeah, they did have you know a, a nice chemistry. And Jennings will get Jennings is going to pick that up with Trey right now, just as long as he can catch the ball. Um, uh, they, for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to consistently catch the ball from Trey. But today he had a couple of catches and one that he caught in rhythm was able to get some yak yards, another 20 yards up the field. It was really nice to see. Uh, Golden Dragon says, if Jennings or Ayuk have breakout years, will the four-year trader extend them? Well, they, they're going to have to make a decision on Jennings because he, his contract's coming up earlier because they had released him and the whole thing. I think he's going to be a restricted free. Maybe he was restricted this year, uh, but they got to figure something out with him. But Ayuk, they don't have to make any decisions. Next year, they can exercise his fifth-year option. He'll play out his fourth year in 2023, his fifth year in 2024. Then they have to make a decision, and they can they can kind of you know work out a deal where his they could sign him to an extension and then move on from Debo if they wanted, or they can make the choice to just keep Debo, sign him to another deal, and then move on from Brandon Ayuk. And you can either trade Ayuk, you can franchise tag him and trade him, or you can let him hit the open market and get you know a comp pick back. Those are decisions you can still make for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, but those are a couple years away. You don't have to worry about that. And the way the four years are handling Nick Bosa, you know that's the way they're going to handle it. They're not going to handle it in year four of the five-year contract. They're going to ha handle it before year five. So we'll see. And, but I think they're going to get it. So uh, Marvin says, slamming Sammy Sneed. I like that. Uh, that that's, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, Mr. Corey says Jennings is unrestricted in 2023. So uh, thanks, Mr. Corey, for picking that up. Uh, marketing pro welcome to chat i think um you know marketing pro would know because he's a rams fan what actual you know um fatigue of the arm is as uh, so arm fatigue coming from marketing pro and his quarterback he would actually know uh freddie mcdrace says fortiners are solid trent williams debo are amazing captains the energy in the team seems crazy good but we need shredder to be more legit on the o-line you know it i mean i think that's a lot of people think you know and the 49ers had Daniel Kilgore when Kyle Shanahan first got here in 2017. In 2018, he went and got out, or went and got, you know, a, a Pro Bowl caliber player in Weston Richburg. Of course, Richburg didn't work out because of injuries, but he went and got a veteran guy, and that's what he's felt comfortable doing the entire time. You know, and he even brought in Ben Garland, who he had in Atlanta. That was another veteran guy who ended up playing a significant role in the the, the end of the 2019 uh, stretch in the playoffs. He played for Richburg. Then he brought in Alex Mack. So, I mean, he's continued to bring in veteran centers. All the while, though, we got to sit back and, and remember Daniel Brunskill is a veteran center who has eight starts in his career in 2020. You know, I mean, of course, you played guard last year, but, you know, you can move back and forth between positions. Uh, are they at those levels of a, a J.C. Treader? No. Um, but the 49ers are definitely saving some money because if Daniel Brunskill is a starting center, what's he going to make? You know, a two and a half million dollars. Uh, that's a really cheap option for a starting offensive lineman. And the 49ers are trying to find ways 
you know, just save different people. What's up, Google account? I got the need for Sneed. I like that. That's that's well played right there. Um, very good. Uh, <laughs> Renee says, uh, marketing pros here. He loves Niner chats. Yeah. Uh, Kali says, hey, keep putting on that fire content. Hashtag TCC. Hashtag take six. Thank you so much, Kali. I, I'm going to keep trying. We have another really good day of practice tomorrow. I'm going to be out there watching. It's going to be a good time. And then uh, we're going to get after it, you know, talking tomorrow. Now, just so everyone knows, I'm I'm going to let this out. Tomorrow will probably be a little bit later on the live stream. So the live stream tomorrow will probably be closer to 4 o'clock because I'm going on with John Chapman on his Patreon tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So tomorrow at 3 o'clock, I'm on with John Chapman on his Patreon um, we're going to be having a conversation about camp and everything. And then right about 4, 4.15 around there, we'll do the live stream talking about day 12 at practice. And we'll really get into that. And Leon Davis says, I appreciate the great work that you uh, do and keep up the great work. Yes, hit that like button. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already subscribed, since Leon brought up the like button, if you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and give a subscription. 44 subscribers away from hitting that 3K mark, which is a goal. Been trying to get there and on our way but i really appreciate everyone's support thank you so much for everything that you've done so far uh tom says willie sneed he's physical he's a vet he's proved himself he fights for yards for good hands understands defense knows how to score get open make plays good route runner what i've seen decent speed yeah i've liked willie sneed from what i've seen for whatever reason his name escaped me about 10 minutes ago or five minutes ago whatever it was um but he actually had a touchdown catch today uh, from Nate Sudfeld. Sudfeld had back-to-back -back touchdown throws, one to Sneed on the right-hand side near the right corner of the end zone. And then on the left corner, uh, he went the other way and, and made another nice throw. So back-to-back um, -back throws from Sudfeld. Sudfeld had himself a good day today. And then uh, and then with Willie Sneed, he's a great blocker too. So he makes sense for the Kyle Shanahan system, a wide receiver that you know knows how to read zones, knows where to sit down, can make plays, get yards after the catch, but also can block in the run game. Yeah, that was an easy signing for John Lynch and Kyle Shannon. Also, the fact he could help on special teams if needed is very important. Freddie McDray's ready to give Treader $10 million. Um, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to do that, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. And uh, uh, thank you so much, Gary. The quest for 3K. And you know what, guys? I'm coming up against it. I've been on air for about an hour now. Um, and I, I've really had a good time. I've been talking a lot about this camp. It's been a fun camp so far. I've really enjoyed it. And conversation with all of you has been fantastic. You guys lit up chat. You guys asked all the good questions. Uh, I, it, it makes it easy on me when you guys come through chat with all these well-informed takes and well-informed questions. I enjoyed it so much. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. So if you're going to be looking for us, uh, you know, first off, I'm going to be over with John Chapman at three o'clock over on his Patreon. So if you're a part of his Patreon, check that out. Uh, and then at four to four 15, I'm going to be live here, uh, ready to talk about day 12 of 49ers training camp. And hopefully we have some cool things because this is the final day of training camp before they have walkthroughs and then get that Friday preseason game on. So it's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, thanks everyone. And Pete Gorman, what's up? I haven't seen, uh, that name before well welcome to chat uh saying let's go brandon Ayuk. love brandon Ayuk. he's had himself one heck of a camp but we'll end it on that let's go brandon Ayuk. i love that uh and thank you every, everyone so much for joining me stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way